the urgency of this everyone knows about. But I'm not going to have some false <coughs> deadline, whether it's February 1st or whatever it is. I want to make sure that all senators have some input in what goes on here and do it as quickly as we can. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm David Kestenbaum in Washington, D.C. And I'm Laura Conaway in New York. It's right about 2.30 p.m. on Monday, January 5th, 2009. That was Senator Harry Reid talking on NBC's Meet the Press just now. He's talking, of course, about the huge economic stimulus package that the incoming Obama folks hope will help the U.S. economy. And we're going to try and figure out whether that's true, whether it looks like it will help the economy, with the help of a time machine later in the podcast. But first, I have an indicator for you. It is 400,000. That is the number of U.S. households that used to get free heating oil from Citgo, but now will not. Venezuela, which owns Citgo, says that given the financial crisis, it's having to reevaluate its charitable programs. Which is just kind of sad, isn't it? For those people, yeah, definitely. It's- it's sad for them, but it also means that the economic crisis is so bad that Venezuela can't afford what a lot of people would call propaganda. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's unfair, right? But Hugo Chavez of Venezuela, he loves to talk about you know President Bush as the devil and how the U.S. government is not serving its people. So a lot of people saw that program as a bit of, uh, don't worry, American citizens, I will take care of you. But now even Hugo Chavez can't take care of us. I guess propaganda all depends on how warm it is in your house at any given moment. I think PR is the first thing to go. Okay. Another indicator. It's the number 33. Uh, Three times 11. No. We're talking about 1933, and that's the number we're going to put into the time machine today. Okay. I'll put it in here. This is uh, the Great Depression, right? Yes. And in particular, we're talking about the dawn of FDR's New Deal. On our podcast last week, you had an imaginary boxing match between two economists over whether or not the government should step in with this huge stimulus package, $700 billion, $800 billion, the idea is for the government to spend this money and try to buy our way out of this recession. Right. And we pointed out that there really is only one good test of this idea, and that was the Great Depression and uh, the New Deal spending and the World War II spending afterward. And our boxers disagreed about whether that spending helped or didn't. Yeah. And some of the people wrote in to say, well, you know, that whole segment really isn't much of a help because the boxing match <laughs> ends in a draw. And today we got to make a decision. I mean, a big decision, $700 billion. That's, that's you know, I, I don't know if that's the ceiling or the floor anymore. It's a lot of money. And what should the government do to fix things? Right. So you and our colleague Adam Davidson got Eric Rauschway into the studio. He wrote a book called The Great Depression and the New Deal, a very short introduction. He's also a professor at the University of California, Davis. Right. Now, it's important to note that not everybody thinks the government should do anything to get us out of this economic crisis. And some people have been having a debate over whether Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who was president at that time, of course, helped or hurt the recovery from the Depression. So I put the question straight to Eric Rauschway, who says, the New Deal could have been better, but it did work. 
between 1933 and 1937, Roosevelt's first term in office, when you have the New Deal in full swing, right? It's the biggest peacetime expansion of the economy in American history as far as we have records to tell. So your GDP grows by something like 39% over those years. It's growing at a 9% a year rate. Which is like China, India. I mean, that's Right. When we think about that, I mean, for, for, for the U.S. economy growing that fast, something must be going not too badly wrong. Right at, at the most conservative way, you can say the New Deal did not prevent this remarkable rate of recovery. So what's going on uh, is that there is tremendous economic growth. There is a recession in 37, 38, but then that rate of growth is resumed. So even if you take the war out of the picture, if you just look at the Roosevelt administration before the war, you're seeing tremendous economic growth. Now, you can say the recession, the depression isn't over. The thing you could say about that is, number one, the economy was in such a deep hole in 1933 that even climbing really quickly, you're not going to get out of it completely. So we fe- between 29 and 32, we fell so far right. that even growing at the most ridiculously high growth rate, we still didn't get to where we were in 1929. Right. Or, uh, right. 1929, 1928, 29, probably a little, uh, you know, higher than you would expect the economy to normally be growing. But by the end of Roosevelt's uh, first term or so, you can say it's back on trend from like if you cast the trend forward from the middle 20s. Yeah. So, you know, but you know, the hole that you're in is so deep when you get to sort of almost 25% unemployment and so forth as you have in 1932 and 33 that even uh, – Climbing as fast as you could reasonably expect an economy to climb, you just can't get out of it in the first few years that you're in it. So he thinks the New Deal worked, right? But he also talked to you that about something like a what he called a better New Deal. <laughs> What's better than the New Deal? Well, the way Rauschway looks at it, he kind of draws from this idea that John Maynard Keynes put out in 1938. John Maynard Keynes is the British economist often associated with the Great Depression and one of the most important economists of all time. Right. So Keynes said that FDR, even as bold as he was, and really, if you look at Rauschway's book, you'll see it's it's page after page after page of huge steps that was taken under Roosevelt's administration, steps that we don't even really remember anymore today for the most part when we talk about the Depression. Keynes said that FDR, yes, he was bold, but even as bold as he was, he was still too timid. You've done good by saving the banks. I'm paraphrasing. John Maynard Keynes would never say you've done good. But uh, you've done good by saving the banks. And it was a good idea to start these public works programs. Uh, you shouldn't have stopped because one of the contributing causes of the recession of 37 and 30 is that Roosevelt pulls back on the um, economic stimulus that the New Deal is delivering through the WPA in an effort to balance the budget again. And Keynes says you really shouldn't have done that. You really, the private sector wasn't ready yet right, to step you in. You hadn't achieved a sufficient private sector recovery to sort of pull away the supports. So a better New Deal by that analysis would have been one that spent more sooner on public works. Instead also of, more longer, though, you're saying? Well, not necessarily. I mean, if Roosevelt was always fiscally conservative, really. He, you know, he came in as a fiscal conservative wanting a balanced budget, and by 1938, he's still a fiscal conservative wanting a balanced budget. And he's very nervous about what we now call fiscal stimulus. He doesn't want to do it for any longer than is necessary. So, for example, in the first winter that he's in office, in 33-34, they have briefly something called the Civil Works Administration, the CWA, which directly employs maybe 4 million people. And then they get rid of it immediately in March of 34, winter's over, because Roosevelt doesn't like that idea. All right, suppose you hadn't got rid of the CWA. You wouldn't have needed it maybe for as long as they ended up needing 
uh, fiscal stimulus for. If you had a bigger CWA sooner, you might never have gotten to that point in 38 where Keynes is scolding you by transatlantic mail. So the, we should point out again that there, there's debate about this sort of stuff. But um, the thing I keep asking myself is, I know it's an impossible question, but what would have happened if FDR had done nothing? What does he say about that? Well, he says that, as you say, it's it's maybe unknowable, but when he does look into the crystal ball or when he does look into the time machine, what he sees is, for him, not a pretty picture. If Roosevelt had done nothing coming in in March 1933 when uh, the there was such a cascade of bank failures, it's hard not to imagine that cascade of bank failures continuing until there are basically no banks or hardly any banks worthy of discussion. Um, when Different outcome to World War II maybe? Yeah. I mean if you had, had uh, an economy that had you know tens of millions of people continuing to remain unemployed, the real pressure on Roosevelt to do something is coming from the bottom up, right? I mean, there are tens of millions of people unemployed. There is Huey Long, who is threatening to be a kind of populist, maybe slightly fascist or anyway, uh, you know, sort of very strongman kind of dictator coming out of Louisiana. There are real live socialists out there. There are real live communists out there. There's this, there, there's the live threat of something much worse. And for Roosevelt, and for many uh, people who supported the New Deal, many sort of relatively conservative bourgeois people who supported the New Deal, right, you do that so that you don't have a revolution. Um, so if Roosevelt had done nothing, possibly a revolution. So different times, a totally different world. Right. And we should also point out that unemployment right now in the U.S. is under 7%. So it's nothing like it was during the Great Depression. Uh, we've actually had unemployment like we have right now in the 90s and the 80s. But, of course, the concern is that... Uh, things could get worse right now. Thanks again to Eric Rauschway, author of The Great Depression and The New Deal, a very short introduction. And thank you for signing my now heavily highlighted copy. That's going to do it for us today here at Planet Money. Check us out at npr.org slash money. And please send us your predictions for 2009, any crazy economic indicator you want. We'll check back with you in a year and see how you did. I'm Laura Conaway. And I'm David Kestenbaum. Thanks again for listening.